Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Local Homeschoolers podcast, where you come for local resources and encouragement. I am your host, Autumn Frisbee. All right, welcome everyone to the podcast today. I'm excited to have Jennifer Ortiz back with me. I'm glad to have you back on the podcast today, and I'm encouraged to see all the activity that I've seen on your Homeschool Pod Network Facebook group. There's been lots of families that are seeking alternative education in Palm Beach County, and you're offering a great service for connecting those parents together. So let's get started and share some uh, good news and some new news that you have with our listeners today. Oh, well, Autumn, thank you so much for having me back on your podcast. It's really an honor to be invited a second time. Um, I am so excited for all of the activity in our county and really South Florida. So we've got a lot of members that are coming in already from the Broward Dade area as well, which wasn't my original intention, but uh, it's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start out with Uh, defining what a pod is so people understand what we're even talking about. Is that okay with you? That's excellent. Thank you. Okay, super. So there's so many different labels, but the basis is a pod could be a micro school. It could be a a micro school pod. It could be a hybrid co-op, a pandemic pod, a micro pod, but they all mean the same thing. It's a group of people coming together for education of their children. So there's different ways it could be designed. It could be a full day drop off, and that could be one day, a couple days to five days a week. It could be a part-time drop off, again, as many or as few days a week as required for each family. Um, It could be parents with their children participating, either on a part-time or full-time basis. It could be a designated tutor. Now, this can be a parent. It doesn't have to be. A certified educator, but some families may be looking for a certified educator, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, this can be in so many possibilities for locations. It could be in a family home, it could be in a shared space like a church or a dance studio, a karate studio, yoga, art, could be in a park. So the limitations really, Autumn, are on the creativity. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're super creative, you can dream up an, a multitude of possibilities. Right. You're just um, thinking outside of the box of what you traditional th- traditionally think of as even homeschool. I feel like that's what the pods are offering. That ultimately, in my, my humble opinion, is the core root of what homeschooling is. It's really thinking out of the box. Instead of looking at it one way, it's really opening yourself to the possibilities of however you can elicit a true love and passion for learning. Mm -hmm. So for parents that are interested, what is kind of the first step that you direct parents to um, and go about setting up a pod? Well, I I think the most logical step is finding others that align. Um, A pod really at its core is a group of people that have a similar goal in mind. So a pod can be based in a secular uh, mindset. It could be a Montessori or Waldorf mindset. It could be a STEM-based mindset. It could be um, outdoors only, that, that wild child unschooling type mindset. But the ultimate foundation piece needs to be that the core uh, value is in alignment with each other, and that will create the most stability for that group. 
Okay. And how are, um, how are parents? I know parents are busy. Um, they might feel overwhelmed by this, but where's the first place they should be looking? I know your Facebook page is great. Is there any other resources you can recommend? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm going to not go too quick through these because these are some ways that I've been able to connect with people and connect others. So of course, connecting with other web pages like yours, the localhomeschoolers.com. You can also go through on Facebook, there's Homeschoolers of Palm Beach County, Florida Homeschool Association, South Florida Homeschoolers Group. You can search in your search tab, any nominative with your your focus with the word homeschool. So secular, or if you're a Christian, Christian homeschooling, um, Florida homeschool dual enrollment. If you have older children that are looking to take advantage of dual enrollment before graduation, free homeschool curriculum. Um, the two other great ones, the FPEA, which I think is just an invaluable resource. Um, homeschooling in Palm Beach County. And then I could not go without uh, noticing the HSLDA, which is a non-for-profit legal defense association for those that are homeschooling within the public sector. Right. And so all of those places really can get you connected with so many opportunities to find like-minded people and create your own pod group. Exactly. And um, when I think of a pod, sometimes I think of uh, of a group more so that the parent might have to work or, um, you know, where it's less of a parent involvement. Do you have, you know, anything to say about that specifically? Sure. So that really falls into what I would consider a hybrid um, because a true homeschooling traditionally is parent-led. Um, a hybrid is where you've got that homeschool focus on how the curriculum is being implemented, but it's being facilitated by someone else. Again, it could be a parent or a certified educator, but it is in that case, a drop-off program. Okay. And um, you mentioned you had some information to share with us about setting up a pod in a private domain um, and why this benefits um, someone who's setting up a pod. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So there are lots of families that are finding that their passion for homeschooling is extending into wanting to share it with others, that they're, they're finding this as their calling. And, and for those, um, there's a lot of barriers that they quickly realize come up, whereas let's say that you're starting out a small group within your home. Well, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, some of the first questions that could come up that would be concerns would be liability. What if someone was to be hurt on your property? What if um, you don't have the proper zoning and coding allowable to run any type of organizational group on your property? So those are you know, very real issues that you want to make sure that you handle on the front end if you're going to be setting this up as a business. Now, with the public domain, which is what most of us think of when we're thinking of a school and even how most everyone seems to be setting up their homeschool groups, you are leaving yourself open to the statutory laws and regulations that are required in the state of Florida. And then of course, at the federal level, 
when you take your business into the private domain, what you're ultimately doing is you're creating your business structure in the other option that we are all legally allowed to do in the United States. There's public and private. When you take your business into the private domain, you are now making your business what's called constitutionally compliant. And why this is important in homeschooling specifically is it's giving you the ultimate freedom and choice on how your education system is set up. So think about how powerful that is. That allows that group of families to make choices on how they're going to set up their homeschool, how they're running their curriculum, what the requirements are, as well as on the business side of it, the agreements that you're going to have in place with your families for any breakdowns or liability issues. Okay, so the private domain is going to um, be able to be used if it's only in your home, or what if you're at a church location? So private domain business can be established anywhere. It doesn't have to be in your home. You can do it at a church. You can lease a space. It's not limited to just a home pod. Okay. And let's say that listeners, they probably have a lot of things running through their hand right now, but um, who could they contact in order to make sure that they get all the information about setting up their pod that they need? So that, that is actually a service that I'm providing locally right now to be able to assist um, business owners in setting up their business in the private domain to be constitutionally compliant. Well, that is really great. Can you tell us a little bit about um, some of the stories that you've had um, or the people that have contacted you recently to do this? Sure. So basically um, what I do is I ask questions to see if they're going to keep the integrity of why to do this. Because one of the, one of the qualifiers is, is that this is something that we have as a constitutional right. It's a natural given right. But the, the qualifier is, is that you cannot do uh, this legally if you're going to create any issue that's going to conflict with keeping people safe, right? So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're creating a situation where people are going to be in harm's way, that would disqualify that private member association. So that's something I just kind of check to see what are their, what are their intentions and then from there, we just talk about what, it, what are their goals? What are they looking to create? And then I, I am generally doing a lot of educating on the front end because most of us don't realize that this is already an option for us to use. And it's not just for um, education. This can be used in many other business sectors. But it is a right that's protected for us in the Constitution, the 1st, 5th, ninth, 10th, and 14th Amendments. So again, I do a lot of education on the front end, and then I just uh, ask them, you know, if it's something that they feel comfortable stepping into, and so far everybody understands the value of it. They're excited to be able to take back control of their business and allow um, a structure to be put into place to protect their families that are going to be participating in their pod. So, Mm -hmm. so far it's been quite successful. That's really great. And let's say that someone wants to charge for their pod. Is that something that they can do under using the private domain? Yeah. So the the private domain is the way it's set up is like a membership association. The, The membership is just to be able to be 
um, in that group as a private member. And that's what creates that private domain agreement. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been explaining to people is the membership is what you decide it can be. So it could be a dollar to be a member and then they can agree on what their fees will be for the pod to run. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And what have you seen just with the start of this uh, school year? Have you, um, been contacted by a lot of parents looking to do a pod option? Yes. So I'm, I'm getting three main conversations. One is, oh my goodness, the public school year is already not going the way I thought it was going and I need help finding a pod like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one conversation. <laughs> the second conversation is, Um, listen, I have a pod. I need help setting it up so that I can run it the way I want to. I need to know about this membership group. Um, And then the third one is um, I really want to understand how to set up a pod. I already have a group of people and we don't know what we're doing. Got it. So people are definitely running out to see what the options are. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that mom, maybe a working mom, and she's just feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Can you advise her on um, maybe what she could do in a pod situation if she doesn't want her kid in the public school system anymore? Sure. So I, I think there's two parts of the working and homeschooling dynamic. The, and I, I don't want to miss I don't want to miss acknowledging one part. So you can be a working parent and still homeschool your children or child yourself. And I think it's really important for people to understand that um, homeschooling doesn't have to be in the set hours that you would normally see a traditional school day. Okay. First of all, as you know, Autumn, homeschooling is much more efficient. So we don't even need all those hours every day for our child to be properly and fully equipped with a good education, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Let's just say that you're a nurse and you work overnight shifts. Well, you could work out something with maybe a homeschooling teen and have them, you know, kind of nanny while you're, while you're working. And then you can homeschool when you're home or you could have like a mother's helper and you can homeschool with, with that assistance. So If you're working during the week and you're only available on the weekends, depending on the age of your child, you may be able to just homeschool on the weekend. So I want to make sure people understand homeschooling doesn't have to be, I have to do a drop off or I have to do it myself and I have to carve out X, Y, Z time every single day. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I want to make sure. And let's say that you're a parent and you're like, you know what? I have so much going on. I I recently read a, a mom that She's in nursing school, she's working full time, she's expecting, and she's got kids, and she's homeschooling. She's like, how in the world am I going to do this? Well, in that case, it may actually be the best fit to do a drop-off program. So for that type of situation where you've just got a lot going on, you don't feel like you can do it, that's okay. The first thing I think is to really find your community. I, I think that this works best if you have the support of people that have already done it because fear will always distract you from your purpose it will it will cloud your judgment it will make it more difficult to make sound decisions and i think when you're in community that tends to alleviate a lot of those fears because for a lot of us when we step into homeschooling for the first time 
I think that fear comes from a lack of knowing, right? Yeah, it does. It comes from a lack of not really having that confidence that you're able to do it. I think also because we're a lot of times we're told that we can't do it or we need to have a certain education or, um, you know, like it's just is too hard to homeschool. Yeah, I think that is probably the biggest lie that's perpetuated in our society is that if you're a parent and you don't have a background in education, that you are not equipped. And I, I find that to be such baloney because there, as you know, Autumn, there is no shortage of curriculum options, complete curriculums, partial curriculums. You've got even online where you have educators running curriculums. Um, And again, going back to those pods and drop-offs, there's even drop-off programs that have parents or educators running it. So Mm -hmm. the point is in community, you're able to really maximize the resources that have already been established for decades because homeschooling is not a new concept. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in Palm Beach County, we have an amazing, strong foundation of multitudes of homeschoolers. So, you know, I think the, the most efficient way for anyone who's working and needs that solution is to immediately, you know, reach out into the community, find people that are already doing it, ask a lot of questions so that you can get to the scenario that's going to really fit your needs the best. Right. And there are so many unique situations. I mean, every family has a unique situation that they need to be filled. And um, like you said, there's so many opportunities in Palm Beach County. Sure. I, I mean, just a variety to give a couple of, of uh, examples. There, you know, there are families that they need to be in a very small group because they may have someone in their home that is immune compromised. And so they feel more secure in setting up their group of homeschoolers that would allow for safety precautions, yeah. right? There's, there's um, groups where they're very strongly focused on a more Waldorf or unschooling, nature-based curriculum. So, you know, there's so many different ways to customize this. I think that's where people get overwhelmed, right? And so whenever you're overwhelmed, it's usually a signal to ask for help. And that's why I keep referring back to, you know, find your community, find your like-minded people, because ultimately that's going to be your foundation. And that's how you're going to be most empowered as a parent to really step into doing what you need to for your unique situation. Yeah. And I feel a lot of times when we're overwhelmed, we're kind of frozen in the state of, I don't know what to do. So you do nothing. Um, so you just continue to keep them in maybe a situation in school that's not working for your family. But um, I think you and I both want to tell those parents that they can just go ahead and make that leap um, and and trust that there's a, there's an opportunity out there for their children. Yes. I There's a... Um... A coach told me years ago, if you're on the fence, just think about it logically for a moment. It's physically uncomfortable, right? So it, that's, that's a sign that whatever you're stepping away from is already not working for you. So just get off the fence and make a decision. I think what um, a lot of people that are looking at homeschooling as a possibility, the first thing they think of is, am I going to fail my child? Because 
as parents, we want to always give our kids the best. We want to make sure that we do the very best for our children. We don't want to let them down. And so that I think is really what drives a lot of the fear and uneasiness for a lot of families. Um, what's really amazing about homeschooling is if you allow it, it really gives you the most unique possibility to truly get to see your child in a whole new way. And you, you get to see them really evolve in, in a way that you miss when you don't um, homeschool. And so to, to have access to that, it gives you an opportunity to then customize their learning. And you'll, you'll see how incredibly easy it actually is. And I have yet to meet someone who took the step forward in, in homeschooling and, and had the proper support and mm-hmm. regretted it. Yeah. And I know it just each year I feel that, you know, I'm homeschooling, I'm getting a little bit more confident, especially in my decision um, to do that. And really, we just want parents to take control of their students' education. And um, I think that's really what the heart of it is. Um, the parents can take control of the education and they should. Right. That's actually one of our rights as parents is to be in control of our education. And I think societally, we've forgotten that because we've had a few generations worth of doing it a certain way. And so we've unlearned that this really is our responsibility and it's okay to take that control back. Yeah, wants. exactly. So, well, that is great. I think you answered um, so many great questions and provided great advice about a pod. And um, would you mind just uh, telling the listeners where they can reach out to you um, if they want to contact you about a pod? Sure. They can reach out to me via email. And that email is helping others powerfully educate at protonmail.com. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today and I look forward to having you on again. It's been fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Autumn. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. We hope that you have been encouraged by listening to this episode. If you would like to make a suggestion or be on the show, please reach out to us at localhomeschoolers.com.